This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. We are excited about the upcoming conference. If you have not registered and you need information, go to ReformationBoise.com. Everything should be on the website, updated, topics, times, and then just the opportunity to register. Remember, with registration, it does two things. One, it provides us with the opportunity to plan accordingly. And then two, it also gets you entered into drawings for free things at the conference. So please register at ReformationBoise.com. It's actually right around the corner. Remember, it's September 22nd and 23rd. It's a month earlier than normal just to accommodate our speakers. We're going to jump right in and talk about gospel fluency. We were answering some questions yesterday. Who is Jesus? What did Jesus do? And as we were in the second question talking about what he, what Jesus did, we had talked about his life and death. But I do want to just pick that answer up and continue on and talk about his resurrection and ascension. So in Jesus's work and the resurrection, what, what is so significant about his resurrection? First, it's a big deal, right? Like this is the good news that is proclaimed uh, down through the ages that Jesus died but didn't stay that way. It's not that he walked out of an a.m. p.m. He walked out of the tomb. And so part of this is that his death was made to show that his power over sin and death has been accomplished, that, that the atonement is true. Uh, scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus' resurrection, the fact that he was brought back from the dead, shows us that that the atonement is real, that it was guaranteed that that sin has been paid for and that our debt is paid in full. You know, the very fact that he was buried was, is a, a reminder that he truly died, and the resurrection is, the, is that power of, of life that was given because he bore the penalty for us. So, you know, we... We say in the, in the resurrection, his resurrection benefits us. He's, he's overcome death so that we can share in his righteousness. He obtained for us by his, this is what he attained to, for us by his death. And by that power, we are raised to a new life as well. Yeah, this is just the source of really um, our, our hope is the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. You know, Paul talks about this, that if, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Jesus has been raised. And if Jesus has not been raised, then we're all living just this futile life. It's it's useless. And it wasn't just uh, that Jesus appeared, almost like an apparition of Jesus. We see in the scriptures that he could be touched. He was physical. It was his body that was raised from the dead, still had the holes in his hands and his side from the nails and the sword uh, that uh, you know Thomas, his disciple, it was Jesus offered to him to touch. He was seen by more than five hundred people at one time, and so he was alive, and he remains alive. This might be 
something that we just play around with some day on a, on a show, but I find it fascinating that in the glorified body of Christ, he still bears his scars, that we, we <clears throat> cover our scars. Um, they're uh, a source of shame for us, but he didn't. Um, you would expect him to, to say, you know, in my glorified body, I, I won't bear the marks of the curse of the of the curse uh, but he does but i think it's i think it just relates at least in part to christ saying this is a, a testimony of my love for my my people mm-hmm. that what is the shame of others is actually my glory because it it brings me my bride mm-hmm. um so i think it's a fascinating little addendum if you will to the scriptures that that's yeah, that's what happens. Romans five yeah. eight. You know, God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a strong apologetic, as Ryan mentioned. You know, uh, Thomas was shown the wounds of of Jesus and offered an opportunity to to touch him. We don't know what the end is going to be because Jesus had not yet gone to the Father. <laughs> you know, this that's is true. The, this yeah. is the other part. Yeah. You know, this is this is he was raised to life, but he had not yet gone to the Father. There is a glorified body that we're looking forward to as well. Yeah. Why is well? Let me do it this way. What is the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament? Either quoted or alluded to. Is it Psalm 110? Psalm 110. Why would that be? I mean, my guess is I have met lots of that people was, in my that life. That was a good guess. <laughs> Thank you, Rash. I have met lots of people in my life, and I've never heard anybody say, you know what, my favorite passage of Scripture is Psalm 110. Isn't that interesting that that was, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, the favorite passage of the Holy Spirit to keep bringing up in the New Testament? So why is Psalm 110 so important, and it all involves the ascension. Yeah, this is the ascension, Psalm 110. Uh, this is reading from the mm-hmm. NIV. The Lord says to my Lord, which this is David speaking, so David is recognizing a Lord over him. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. You know, it's reminding that every enemy of Jesus is going to be put on his feet. He's mm-hmm. he's going to deal with the, the last enemy, as the New Testament talks about, the last enemy being death. Um, it talks about not only his, you know, his, his ascension, his, his rule of bringing enemies under his feet, but then also talks about the holiness given to his people. You know, we are clothed with the beauties of holiness, as it says. He's also here declared to be he is our high priest. In a previous episode, Jonathan, you mentioned how he's our prophet, priest, and king, and we really see. You know, especially the, the the king and the priest aspect of the of his his work here in the psalm, and he is, you know, according to the order of Melchizedek, a, a priesthood that never goes away. So he is continually making intercession for us. There is a, a sense that the book of Hebrews is an exposition of sorts of Psalm one ten, mm-hmm. that the text for the sermon of Hebrews is. I actually would include Psalm 2 in that, yeah. but Psalm mm-hmm. 2 and Psalm 110 are the texts that the book of Hebrews then exposits. And sometimes people shy away from the book of Hebrews, but it is such a, a wonderful book for understanding the person and work of Christ. 
It is so rich with imagery and illusions, and it just worked Psalm 110 Mm -hmm. (laughs) all throughout the book to see the work of Jesus Christ as not just the one that went to Calvary's cross and died, but who reigns, who's at the right hand of the Father. R.C. Sproul used to say the ascension is the most neglected truth or doctrine in the Christian faith. Mm. If you just had a short little blip here of time, how would you convince people that the ascension is a big deal, a very big deal for the, the child of God? Well, it's, I mean, it's a fulfillment of, I mean, Jesus himself, before he did ascend, said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. So his, his ascension is, it's his enthronement. That's what Psalm 110 is talking about here. Mm-hmm. So he is, you know, one of the things that Satan offered Jesus in his temptations was basically to be the ruler of the world. You know, all, at that point, Satan, I mean, even Jesus calls him the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of this world. And uh, Satan offered that to Jesus, like, I'll give you these nations. But that was the goal. I mean, that was the end goal. But Satan was offering Jesus kind of the easy way to it. Jesus went through obeying his father, suffering to the point of death on the cross, was raised from the dead, and then ascended. He is given truly the nations of the earth, and he is king over them. And because he's ascended into heaven, we know that we have an advocate with the Father in the present. We have an advocate with him. You know, you know, if we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We have this advocate with the Father in the presence of his Father. We have, by his resurrection, we're assured that of having our own flesh or, you know, one like us in heaven as a pledge that he's also going to be bringing us to heaven, um, you know, we're we're told that he's gone to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we will be also. You know, because he uh, was resurrected and ascended, he also has said that he was going to send another comforter to us, which is the Spirit. And so we have the Spirit's power now in this life to live uh, the life that pleases God. In the ascension, what you have is the capstone of all of the work of Jesus Christ. And really what happens is that Jesus's life, death, and resurrection are in the ascension. God, as it is, as it were, adds His Amen to that work and says, "Because of what you have accomplished, you will come and, and reign at my right hand. You always have reigned, but now you're going to reign as the God Man with your flesh in heaven." As a testimony to what J- Jonathan just said, that as you are in heaven, so also will all of our people someday. You're a pledge. You're the first fruit of what is to come. But from there, that also marked the the the, the defeat of the devil. Um, this is the D-Day, mm-hmm. if you will. That this mark that this that Satan has been defeated, that the strong man has been bound. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, Psalm 68, God gave gifts to men. And part of that is he poured out his spirit. The spirit is now not just dripping. It's gushing forth from the heavens. And with that comes a power that takes the gospel to the nations because Mm -hmm. the nations have been promised to Christ, Psalm 2. Mm -hmm. And with the ascension, Jesus comes back into the heavens as a God-man and says to the Father, I've completed the work that you gave me to do. 
Now give me what you've promised. It's the fulfillment of the uh, prophecy in Daniel. Yes. Where you see the, the statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the various metals that it's made of and this rock cut without, you know, not by human hands comes and strikes the feet of the statue and then it grows itself into a mountain, a symbol of power and strength in a kingdom that fills the whole world. And that's exactly, it's fulfilled in Christ. And uh, he is, his kingdom is going forward and he is enthroned and ascended. And I think one of the things that Psalm 110 gives us, too, that with his ascension, he is also coming back. Mm-hmm. And that is something that um, the gospel clearly teaches us as well. And in Psalm 110, um, you know, he's sitting, he's enthroned, he's executing. But then it says in verse 5, he shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. And this is speaking of the son's wrath. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the God-man. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink from the brook of the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up his head. Now, it's it's got some graphic imagery there, but what it's showing is the kingdom of darkness is being destroyed and broken down, and the kingdom of light, Christ's kingdom, is expanding, and he will come to judge the living and the dead in the day of his wrath. And the New Testament exposition of that or explanation of that is really psalm 19 Mm. so psalm i'm sorry revelation 19 so psalm Mm. 110 that um ryan just read is going to where that comes to play in in the new testament is, is is revelation 19 we'll leave that for you to read on your own time you have been listening to the gospel for life thanks for listening and we will see you tomorrow